0: Well, hello everyone. This is Dr. Eileen and this is Medicine Walk. And for those of you who are listening in on Blog Talk Radio, this is Healing House Radio. So, um, thank you for joining me again. And honestly, thank you for those of you who have uh, participated and watched the videos throughout the year. As I said, these are all the videos that normally would be a part of my first year of teaching. So, uh, we are coming to the end of that first year and next year we'll bring a new topic so I'm very excited about presenting that and let's finish this up and so then we can move on to new things now as usual I am in the chat room for the premiere of the YouTube episode so if you have any questions comments or concerns you can log in there and you can go ahead and ask me live and if you're on listening in on blog talk radio then you can uh, leave questions or comments in the comment section and I will check them out and answer them on the next video. So let's get into our next three topics. Meditation and magic. That was uh, really one of the, well, one of the episodes that I enjoy the most because meditation is such an integral part, not just of magic, but of pretty much almost anything we can do. It's about stress reduction. It's about um, being able to find your core, being able to find your balance point, being able to open yourself up to intuition and to be able to connect deeper and deeper to the source of wherever you define your magic is. So the idea that there is no one particular way of meditating that is best Most people think that meditation is based in, well, the idea of you think about nothing. And that's actually one of the hardest meditations that you can do. Meditation is about you being able to set aside all the things that are weighing on you and to find that eye of the storm, that place of peace and stillness within yourself. Now, some people do that by dancing. Um, such as the, the dervishes who, as a part of their meditation, you know, they have their arms outstretched and they're twirling and, you know, that movement takes them into that sort of alternate state of reality that they would consider their meditative practice. And it could be, maybe you're sitting up on a mountaintop or sitting at a temple or at a church. Meditations can be almost anything. There are laughing meditations. There are um, dancing meditations. There are walking meditations. Any way that you can be able to utilize to be able to sort of reset yourself, to take yourself out of the space that you're in and move yourself into a more peaceful, more balanced, more centered, and grounded space. That's a meditation. And there are guided meditations that can be really fantastic. There are meditative CDs that you can listen to. And some of them are guided where it's someone who will speak through the meditation and you follow their words, you follow the imagery that they set up for you. And that's one way. It's a really great way for early people, you know, people who are new to meditation. Guided meditations can be a great way to start off. And they can also be a great way to kind of, um, you know, sort of get used to the practice without, you know, having to worry about, am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? So if, you know, you really do like participating and meditations can be done in groups. The way meditation relates to magic is that we need to kind of get out of our heads And, you know, because when we're in our thinking mind, it's not quite as easy to tap into the energies because it's about, you know, what makes sense and, oh, well, is this real? And a lot of questions come up. A lot of distractions come up. When you go into a meditation and you're able to set all that stuff, you know, the stuff aside and to be able to just kind of sit with it and to just be, not think, but just be, then your other perceptions start to wake up. You're, you know, if you're just sitting quietly and you're empathic, you can take your empathy and spread it out and start noticing the subtle energies around you. If you work with, say, you know, if you work with candles, you know, many people use candles in meditations where you can sit and stare at the flame and then create a relationship with the flame and, you know, see if you can get it to dance around a little bit. Some people enjoy meditations out in nature, um, sitting by a river or sitting by the ocean. The sound of the ocean can be a very soothing and meditative way to, you know, just kind of be a part of that environment. When you're listening to the tide go in and out and the little shh That is tremendously effective to get you out of being yourself into a space where you're a part of everything, because when you're a part of everything, that's where you can tap into magic. And I've known people who actually need to be around a whole lot of noise and sound, sort of a white noise type of thing, and they're able to... In all of that cacophony of sound, that's where they hit their, their you know, their center spot. And I keep wiping my nose because Luna, my cat, say hi, Luna. Hi. <laughs> Luna is deciding to um to participate. She, it's funny because as soon as the camera comes out, a lot of times she's ignoring me and, you know, just kind of going on about her business. But as soon as the camera comes out, she decides, what's that? Obviously, you're doing something and taking your attention away from me. So anyway, um, the idea that the purpose of meditation is to calm, to soothe, to settle, to ground, and to allow you to find that eye of the storm, that space where you can just be quiet. And when you're quiet, that's when you notice things. That's when energies become much more active with you. So you can utilize meditation to create a connection with your work, with your whatever it is, whether it's healing or whether it's awaiting messages. Some people receive messages from, from spirit realms and, you know, wherever else from the universe. Being able to calm your mind and go into that space allows you to be able to tap into that so much better. So uh, there are a lot of meditation groups. There are a lot of, um, you know, like, uh, uh, like meetups. I've, I've referenced meetup.com, where you can go and wherever you are, you can find groups that focus on the things that you're interested in. So make sure that you are able to, um, you know, find either a group or get some guided meditation tapes and or CDs. And you can be able to start practicing that stillness, practicing that. To start off with, maybe you can only do it for a few minutes, but keep at it. And the t- amount of time that you will stay in that space of just stillness, it will get longer and longer and longer. So don't give up. Yeah, just It's not that you can't meditate. It's that you just have to find the right one for you. So the second or the the next topic well, which was the fifth topic was energetic defense and i always get a lot of questions on energetic defense because people feel very much you know that sometimes that people are directing energy at them and it's it's a very tricky thing because there is i mean i firmly believe and I know it to be true that there are those who are capable of directing their energies and directing negative energy and thought. I do believe that. Now, is that every case? Is it, you know, is anytime someone feels uncomfortable or, you know, things aren't going right for them, is that always an energetic attack? Not necessarily. And it might not even be a specific energetic attack. It may just be that someone's in an environment that's very toxic and very hostile. Um, if you're going into a situation where there is a lot of, of aggravation, where there is a lot of, of you know, antagonism, you know, maybe it's a work situation, maybe it's a school situation, maybe it's a family reunion, whatever. So the idea of energetic defense, first and foremost, it's about you being autonomous and and focused on you. It is about the ability to separate yourself from what it is that's going on around you. And the idea of shielding, you know, we talked a lot about shielding and different ways that people can bring that in. Some surround themselves in a white light um others there are there are different uh, actual spells that people can use and you know those are fairly easy to research sometimes it's repeating a mantra or putting out a prayer and you know we have we'll be going over we did a section on spirituality and magic so the idea of energetic defense if you carry a you know a tradition for yourself if you carry the idea of a, um, you know, God, Jesus, Muhammad, Allah, you know, the, you know, gods, goddesses, the Lord and the lady. If you're an Odinist, whatever it is that is your spiritual base, you can call upon that for protection. And, you know, maybe it's, you know, your animal totems. Animal totems are an amazing, helpful influence in our lives, especially those of us who practice spirituality when we connect with the natural world, and it may not be just animal totems, it could be tree totems, it could be, you know, whatever, that there are spirits that are available to help you and that you can call on. And there are ways to be able to protect yourself. Well, I mean, first and foremost, it's always good if you can avoid a situation where you're going in and, you know, there's going to be aggravation or if there's going to be someone in particular. Now, If you cannot avoid these situations, then there are ways to clear it. There are ways, if you're going into the situation knowing that's when, you know, you bring in either the white light around you. And, you know, they often say white light, but if there's another color that you resonate with, maybe it's a blue light, maybe it's a red light, maybe it's, you know, green, whatever it is that that comes to you with, do it your way. You know, picture whatever light, maybe it's iridescent pearl or maybe it's paisley, it doesn't matter. Go ahead and surround yourself with that. Give your, think of the things that make you happy. Think of the things that make you feel strong. Think of the things that make you feel empowered and fill yourself with that feeling. Because the thing is, is that if somebody's directing something at you, or even if you're just going into an environment where a lot of stuff may be coming at you, don't sweat it. Do not give it energy. Do not give it power. Be in your own truth, be in your own strength, be in your own authority. You walk into that situation, know that you walk in an empowered being. Know that you walk in as someone who is not to be messed with, that you have that power within you to reject whatever it is that's being directed to you. And that's why it's so important that, you know, you don't go in like, you know, creeping and cringing, you know, defending. No, you walk in like you own the place because your power does. Do not let anyone else make you believe that you have less power than you do. And you, like I said, you call in on your, your guardians, you call in on your, you call in your ancestors, you call in your spirit guides Have them stand with you because they will. And if you've been in a situation, then I would suggest that you can go through um, the section on clearing and you can do like a clearing bath. We talked last time about a clearing bath. You can do a clearing bath. You can do a, um, you know, whatever it is that you would like to, you know, that is your tradition, maybe burn some smudge, burn some cedar. Um, whatever it is that you would like, that normally helps you if, if you already participate in those types of things. But energetic defense is important because it's about empowerment. It's about you realizing that you can defend yourself, that they are not stronger. They may, other energies want to make you believe, shadow energies want you to believe that you are weak. They want you to believe that you don't have a defense, that you are vulnerable. Don't let yourself buy into that. Don't allow that story to be created because it's not true. It isn't. Even if it's somebody who has more experience, they still don't have power over you unless you give it to them. You know, be in your truth. And your truth is that you're an amazing, powerful being. So just know what it feels like, you know, notice what it feels like when you're clear and when you're not. If you feel like something's being directed at you, just picture it bouncing back. Take it, you know, that there is reflection, that whatever it is, you can call in that whatever is directed at you be reflected back to the source. So if you have a particular problem that, you know, that you feel is a little bit unusual then please feel free to contact me and I'll be happy to go over it with you. But just in general, the best way to defend yourself energetically is to realize that there's nothing that's more powerful than you. And the 6th, fourth, fifth, yeah, the 6th topic we covered was healing. And healing is special to me because it is what I, what I do. It's most of what I do as a chiropractor, as an energy worker, as a Reiki master, um, as a medicine woman. You know, these are all fields of healing and forms of healing. And one of the key pieces of healing is that the person truly wants to be healed. Ultimately, my belief is the power that makes the body heals the body. We just become facilitators. We become helpers for that energy. If you do Reiki, the energy moves through you. It does not move, you know, it does not come from you. It moves through you. So as long as you can keep that focus and stay a good, clear vessel for the healing energy that's coming through, then you know, that's, that's, that's it. That's the big thing of it. And the idea that we can't define what healing means. Sometimes some people need to feel worse before they can feel better. Or maybe the only reason that they're hurting is because they've created an attachment that they won't let go of. That once they release that attachment, then they can find healing within themselves because healing is a very personal thing. And it can only be defined. Healing isn't necessarily a lack of discomfort because most people will will consider that. It's like, well, if, if I receive a healing, then I'm not uncomfortable anymore. Unless you need to go through that discomfort in order to get to the other side of something. So there are many, many, many different modalities of healing. And there are almost as many ways to heal as there are healers themselves. So the idea that your particular way, maybe you align yourself with an established healing tradition, or maybe you discover something all on your own. Maybe you discover something that is unique, that is just your way of doing something. But no matter what healing modality you choose, you want to be able to do it one, you know in a plate from a place of integrity. And integrity means that there are rules. there are rules about you know your involvement with the person that you're working with that that should always be a very clear relationship. It does not mean that you can't, you know say work healing do healing works with people you're close to, but just make sure that the healing aspect of it stays clear. Uh, for those of you who are here in California, uh, Senate Bill 577 was established, I'm pretty sure it was 577, it was established to allow healers or Reiki practitioners and energetic healers to have a way of working around the Medical Practices Act, which the Medical Practices Act states that the only ones who can minister healing onto anybody is a licensed physician, doctor, chiropractor, um, somebody who is licensed by the state. And this allows a way to open the door for that other type of healing modality without having it be um, a a, a legal situation. So if you're going to do healing, you need to find out if you're going to hang out your shingle, it doesn't matter what you're going to do. But if you're going to hang out, you know, your sign saying, okay, I'm doing healing work you need to do your homework. You need to find out what the rules are in your city about what you do. How do they cover um, energetic healing? Do they count it as massage? There's some cities that will count Reiki and any other energetic healing modality the exact same as doing massage, which means that you have to go through a permitting process. So, you know, while there is the, the spiritual aspect of being a healer, there is also the practical, logistical, legal aspects of it as well. So make sure that wherever you're at, you know what the laws and, and rules are that govern what it is that you want to do. So um, it's, it's about walking both worlds. It's about being able to left brain and right brain at the same time. And let your left brain make sure that you stay out of trouble. Uh, it's good you can connect with other healers in the area. If there's anybody else, you know, say if you're a Reiki practitioner, get involved in a Reiki share that is, you know, in your area. And you can find out a little bit about, you know, what's going on with some of the laws and the rules that are in that area. If you are just starting off learning how to be a healer, then figure out whatever it is, the modality you're interested in. And you don't have to lock into one. You can, I I practice multiple modalities and it depends upon what it is that that person needs. Everything from, you know, straight up chiropractic to, you know, a full-on energetic healing work or spiritual clearing or, or whatever it is that needs to be done. Healing can happen in a lot of different ways, but ultimately it is defined by the person receiving it. So that means that when you have a conversation with what that person feels they can expect, then you can be able to establish, all right, this is what I'm going to be doing. This is the effect that it could have. And the thing is, is, you know, I I hear a lot of healers who will promise a lot of things. My dad had a saying, don't say too much because then you don't have too much to take back. So just be aware that confusion and and disagreement and and problems arise when expectations are unmet. And if somebody is given the idea or if they take the idea on that they have an expectation of a particular outcome and they don't receive that outcome, they're going to come back on you. And I know that people who do healing want to see people feel better. So as you do it, as you explore it, as you consider your work with other people, and I strongly encourage you to find mentors. Mentors are fantastic, especially in healing modalities. Throughout magic, mentors are great. Finding somebody who can speak to you, who you can interact with, who you can get advice from, um, finding somebody and, and be very particular as to who you choose as a mentor. It's not the person who you know is is going to demand a lot of money from you or something. Just sit down and have a talk. Find out you know who their teachers were. what how do they practice their modality, How often they practice their modality. And you know, just kind of interview them. And if you find somebody who resonates, with you, who does what it is that you want to do, if you say, Oh my God, that's so cool. I want to do that. Well, that's when you kind of, you know, attach yourself to them and, and, you know, find out as much as you can, if they're willing to teach you, then, you know, that's a wonderful relationship. And then maybe there's somebody else who does something different that you also want to learn. My best advice for finding a teacher is ask them, what are they studying? Because the best teachers I know are always studying something. They always want to know something new. And healing is one of the main areas that you want to have somebody who is an active healer. Not someone who did something a long time ago or who went to you know, a few classes. You want to find somebody who is out there doing it regularly. And who is willing to you know help you and, and speak to you. It's not about disempowering anybody. You know, and it's not about buying into you know someone else's program or that you have to do it as they do it. You know, Yes, there are certain traditions that are held a certain way. And make sure that they're a little, at least a little bit open-minded because this is your path to figure out. And there's no way you can do it wrong. You come from that good healing heart. That's exactly what you are. So it's just a matter of figuring out the technicalities of how. So, thank you for joining me, and next week we will go over the next three topics, and I just wanted these to be a little bit of a review and maybe adding some stuff that I didn't cover or may not have covered in the first videos. Like I said, you can go back through the playlist and check out all the videos of the topics that you're interested in, and uh, we're at 79 subscribers, and I'm hoping to get up to 100, So that means that we need uh, 21 more subscribers and then I can get a custom URL. So that's that's my my first goal is to I would love to be able to do that by the end of December, but if not, at least by the end of January. Uh, Next year, we're going to be covering actually a pretty big topic and we're going to spend the whole year on it. So I'm very excited about that. And I'll be giving you more information about that later. And I also invite you to, uh, look at the, every new year's Eve, I do a live stream. So I'll be doing a live stream on new year's Eve. And, uh, well, I'll be talking about what's coming up in the upcoming year. So thank you for joining me. And if you, um, like I said, have any questions or comments, you can leave them in the comment section. And also If you appreciate this or any of my other videos, please consider subscribing. You can share videos, you can um, comment on the videos, please like the videos. And if you subscribe, please hit the bell so that you get notified. If you would like to support this channel on a higher level, then you can follow the link to my Patreon account. For those of you who are listening in on Healing House Radio, I invite you to use the link in the description and visit the YouTube page. So, uh, that's it again. Thank you for joining me. And as always, I wish you balance and I wish you blessings from my heart to yours. Love you and class dismissed.